it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur. And today we are here to discuss Real Madrid's game against Granadilla Tenerife in Liga F. And we have been coming into this game. We were on a 126 day undefeated uh, run. Pretty good results. Not all good performances, as we have mentioned. That streak finally came to an end. You can say our luck ran out, or you can say that there were some poor tactical choices or whatever. We'll get into it. We lost the game 1-0. There were some strange lineup choices. We'll get into it, but before we get into it, Kanita, how are you doing after that game? Um, well, how am I doing? Well, I'll tell you how am I doing. So, uh, excluding the last five or six minutes, um, like just just excluding that, like excluding the whole last 10 minutes, I was brought to tears multiple times. That's how painful it was for me. Like even the first 80 minutes were terrible and the last 10 minutes Put salt, uh, put the salt in my wound, and yeah, that that's how I'm feeling right now. And since it hasn't been that long from the game, um, at least you know I will need at least a few days to recover from this game, to be honest. But uh, we're recording recording it pretty quickly after, and I'm not doing well. I will, I'm not even one percent over it. I, I just can't. So, yeah, I, I guess I'll I'll just explain you and um, go on a rant, a few rants as we dive into the game. Yeah, the, the feelings after the game, uh, the emotions after the game are pretty high, as you can tell in this part. And we've been speaking about this a lot in the previous parts as well, that 
even though we have won the games even though like if you just look at the results your perception would be oh real madrid are doing so good they are second they are winning games on a consistent basis they have been undefeated for 13 games they have been you know they have just get been getting results be it winning late they are in for a trophy as well this season so yeah real madrid is in ascendancy but the reality is on the pitch the performances have not been great and we have been very vocal about this we have mentioned this multiple times that despite the results the performances are not good we are being bailed out multiple times by exceptional individual talent that we have in the squad and at some point of time that is not going to work and today was that day and it's not like i I don't understand let's okay let's let's start with with the lineups and proceed from there and take things from there so on paper it seemed like a simple 4-2-3-1 but the selection choices were a bit weird so i'll just read out the lineup quickly then i'll take your thoughts kanita and i'll share my thoughts as well what what i initially thought when i saw the team sheet so it was misa in goal claudia florentino as right back ivana and sophie savava as the center back pairing yes you're right sophie savava was playing as the center back olga carmona as the left back Zornosa and Toletti as the double pivot with a front four of Atenea Weir, Linda Caicedo with Esther leading the line. So looking at the lineup, when I looked at the team sheet, I was a bit confused about how this was going to pan out, about who was going to play as right back. We have seen Ivana play play as right back uh, before not a very good you know experiment or whatever but we have seen her do that Savava we haven't seen as as the center back and I don't think we should be seeing her either like her skill set is definitely not one for either a wide center back in a back three or a normal center back in a back four it's just not there so it made less sense for me what was more devastating for me when I saw the lineup take uh, positions on the pitch was that you have Lucia waiting in the ranks, right? You have Lucia on the bench and you have Kenti as well. You have Kenti available too. You are not using any of them. Like, I don't know what this means for anybody. It's it's very strange that we are at this point where you have right backs but you are starting a center back at right back you have okay you have both your starting center backs out but then you are trying to experiment in this way where you you are having to play a sort of wing back left wing back sort of player uh, at left center back makes no sense to me up front, I did not have any problems. Like, yeah, Naikari getting getting a shot, getting a start is always good. Like, she has been positive in the substitute minutes that she has got. And uh, her combination with Linda Caicedo has been pretty bright spot as we spoke in the previous spot as well. So, yeah, apart from that, apart from the back line, 
I, I did not have any problems with the midfield or the forward lines. Uh, I'll hand it over to you and what were your thoughts when you saw the team sheet and were you able to quickly make up how the players were taking up positions because it took me a while because uh, initially it looked like we were trying to play in a back three then it, then I realized it was just situational back three during build up and then it was a back four and we'll get into it but what were your initial thoughts when you saw the team sheet and then you saw how the players were lining up on the pitch what did you make of all of it and what does it mean for players like Lucia uh, that that we have in, in, in the squad but we r- rarely use such underutilized player and in a position that you know you are tr- consistently trying to play players out of position in so yeah just what were your thoughts on this well i'll tell you my initial reaction so um you know i saw the team sheet and um obviously the first thing i noticed is naikari starting and then uh, i realized linda is starting too so i spent the next three minutes celebrating you know it is that's the only thing i saw in that lineup Okay. However, then I sat down to write the article of the starting lineups where, you know, I have to list all the players and I have to predict the formation. So I did that, you know, I I sat down and listed the players and I, I didn't know what the formation was. I was like, I'll put four, two, three, one and call it a day because I don't know what this is. Is this a free at the back? Is this a four in the, at the back? Is Sveva center back? Well, what what's going on? You know, and I I don't know. Um, I I I'm just I'm I'm still lost at words at what the formation was. I don't know. I I generally don't know. Like the uh, how you just read it uh, is you know how you would think that the game will pan out even though even though it doesn't make sense you know obviously Svava never played the center back and Florentino who barely plays like she's playing because there's no one else available and she's being forced to play right back so that's you know not a good idea um I'll I'll probably mention it later I definitely will I will rant about it but it's just genius ideas. I I I don't know. It's just, and then, like as soon as soon as the game started, I noticed that it even isn't like that. It's just that Weir was a second striker in that game. Okay, Weir and Naikari were center forwards in that game. So I was even more confused during the game. Okay, and like on pitch, it was like three at the back. And we're an Ikari, a striker duo, and I don't know, Linda was a 10, I guess. It was a mess. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm still speechless. I'm, I'm confused by it. And yeah, it just, Sveva there on center back was, um, yeah, what, one of the things that really got me, this really broke me even before the game started. Uh, but you know that that is actually one of the best things about the game. Actually, it turned out to be the best thing of the game for me. So, 
I'll explain it, but yeah, that's pretty much what I have um, about the lineups. But yeah, my uh, that, that was a real emotional roller coaster I had. Yeah, so the idea, and and we have done this before. Like we faced Granadia just like five games ago, and in that game, our our lineup was at the back. We played. It was a back four. And it was Ivana at right back, with everything else same. Just uh, in the place of Linda Caicedo, it was uh, Feller and Olga was uh, out. Uh, so I don't know why we do this against a team that has caused this problem not that long ago. And Grandia Tenerife is is uh, is a weird team, like because they have a solid uh, defensive structure. They are very uh, adept at like the, the the defensive acumen is really really good. They come in a four five one sort of shape always, with the defensive midfielder at times dropping in in the back line and forming a five four one when they are trying to defend when the ball when the opposition manages to get into the uh, uh, get into uh, their half. So it's it's it wasn't going to be easy and. What I liked about this lineup was when when I saw it play out on the pitch, was that the players and the way we were using them, the way we were deploying them on the pitch, did have signs of okay, this is how we want to exploit a a very compact four five one, because I think we spoke about this in the previous uh, pod when we faced Granadilla as well that. When you are facing such a rigid structure, you need players in between the lines to be able to manipulate, uh, to be able to manipulate the opposition shape, and that is what the uh, the lineup aimed to do. Because, like you mentioned, Caicedo was playing as uh, from very inside, like she was operating on the left half spaces. Where was operating from the right half spaces. It was this asymmetric four two three one, where. Olga pushed aggressively high up and offered width on the left hand side whereas Athenia held width on the right hand side Naikari was the focal point in attack obviously and Veer and Kaisedo were operating as this dual number 10 role Toletti dynamic always moving forward wherever support is needed getting back to help recover possession and during build-up, Savava, Ivana and Claudia Florentino, these formed the back three. So the idea was pretty novel in my opinion because Caicedo and Veer as the number 10, you always had like two players at least who are operating in between their midfield and defensive lines, which is what you need because now you are, uh, that meant we were like pushing Except for four players at the back, which is Savava, Ivana, Flo- uh, Claudia Florentino and Claudia Zoranosa. Everyone else was pushing up. Toletti was, you know, timing her runs and positioning depending on where the ball is. Athenea maintained width on the right and tried to stretch them. And when that, uh, when she managed to pull the opposition apart, Veer was ready to make the runs into the channel. Same goes for Kaisedo, who was very dynamic, again, operating between the lines and occupying that sort of left half space. 
and attacking the channel as soon as Olga managed managed to attract some uh, some of the players from the opposition. So the idea was novel. You were trying to it it looked clear that we were trying to have bodies in between the lines and then manipulate uh, and take chance creation from from that point on didn't always like work because you know tenerife as as i mentioned like their defensive structure is pretty solid they were defending in numbers as well only uh, yasina blom who is the striker was up front everybody else was dropping deep and defending so they had bodies behind the ball as well so it was difficult but the idea was pretty pretty novel like which is what i uh, which is what i like because uh, the whole formation was more geared towards exploiting kaisedo's strengths uh, through in the like that sort of central spaces in in those half spaces in from uh, not towards the wide areas but coming inside that is how she likes to operate in general as well when she is given the free role and having two these sort of free tens was did seem like that was the game plan but it all derailed after the 30th minute and we will talk about what happened in in, uh, in that instant that completely changed the game and have we forced us to change our approach but before we get into this kanita what did you make of the opening 30 minutes of the game you mentioned that it, it looked like a mess but do you agree that the idea of having two sort of free tens in veer and uh, kaisedo did work at some point or what did you make of of the entire structure and uh, our approach basically in this game in the opening 30 minutes yeah so the main problem i saw in this you know um and uh two tens we had on pitch well um the two players that we had up in attack uh just completely vanished because of that because these two were just roaming around you know and they had all the freedom in the world uh while so i just mentioned it's atenea and naikari uh atenea i don't remember her doing anything until like 40th minute so that's like way past 30th you know so in the first 30th first 30 minutes i didn't even notice she was on on the pitch and then naikari was on uh, the role as a bar striker um yeah that doesn't suit her a- at all so that's you know that's a kind of a problem um with this selection of players like i don't know it's uh, like if we had like fella instead of i don't know olga maybe or um atenea preferably atenea from the beginning uh it would have been a little bit of a different story because you know the players would, like all of them would be a bit more free like um going out but this this way there is no way for those two to do something i don't know like um the the thing is that um as soon as i saw the 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 formation being like how was it in pitch 
like what we expected versus what we actually saw in Peshaik in the first few minutes, we noticed that Weir was the one that was more up in front than Linda. Um, which most people actually assume that Linda would be up in front with Naikari. Uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't the case. And so that happened. Um, I, I, I immediately knew that it would be uh, very chaotic, that they wouldn't really know, like, I don't know. It, it just, it was very, um, to me, it was obvious that somehow that connection that's been talked about for some time, I mean, since Linda debuted, I mean, um, between her and Naikari, that, that wouldn't, you know, show in this game. And it didn't. Like, none of it did. It just did. You couldn't see anything. Like, the only player Naikari connected with was Weir, right? And that's because those two were up in front, okay? And, like, those two were together, and that's the only time the connection happened. But with Linda, never. And that that's, that's what gets me, because, I, I don't know, it just... Maybe, like, in a game like this, maybe one less winger, you know, like, what what I um, complained about before, like, why doesn't he play two wingers? You know, sometimes it's a, a specific combination of players. Playing one winger is, you know, better. Um, because I knew that... Atenea would try to do her dribbles, which I didn't even notice. I, if she did them, I didn't even notice. I watched the game twice. I don't remember any in the first 30 minutes. And Olga, you know, was doing her thing crosses, which were, by the way, much better. But I expected that. That kind of happened. And they would be, like, closed up. Like, the center players would be, you know, more closed up. And they wouldn't be going wider, you know, which... These players that were on pitch love to do. So, yeah, that for me, that's that was a mess. And I, uh, there weren't really some specific ch chances in those 30 minutes. Um, I mean, the, the, there were some kind of half chances or something. I don't remember anything that I can say. Okay, that, that this could have maybe been a goal. No, not, none of it. And it's just, it looked like, it looked like um, Toril was forcing Linda into this lineup. Uh, and Weir, because Weir has been dying to rest, you know? She she has played too many minutes. Like, she played more than Misa. And today she got uh, 90 minutes as well. And... You know, just why not, if you want Linda in the lineup, just take Weir out in this game. Because, I don't know, it's just no need for two tens in this game with this combination of players. That's, like, in short, that's it. That is that is an interesting viewpoint. I mean, I, I definitely think the need for playing the two tens and the idea that we were going to exploit uh, Linda Caicedo's tendency to operate from central zones was valuable because I think when you're playing against such a block, uh, you definitely need those sort of presence in, in between lines. So I wouldn't say 
the approach was entirely a failure of concept because i think the concept was pretty good uh having having two wide players two sort of wingers who would hold weight have two central presence and a midfielder who is dynamic enough to consistently uh, pick up good positions i think i think the idea was idea was neat i think the game the coming into this game having played them once before just five games ago i think the approach in that game was worse than this one so i think the initial idea at least was 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 a decent one uh, it's not we have seen we have seen toril experiment make this sort of wild experience i don't think this was the worst one it definitely had some merits definitely did not work out the way we want and obviously the result uh, definitely clouds what how we see this performance now and there were uh, obvious issues obviously but yeah i i think it was uh, it was a decent it was a decent lineup and the idea was at least uh, good with playing two two sort of uh, you know tens i don't i definitely don't think it was it was an overkill to play uh, kaiser and weir and about about weir playing a lot of minutes i i'm glad that you brought it up but i i i'm going to ask you one question like can we afford to rest caroline weir given our tactical deficiencies and then how much she covers up just by being caroline weir can we really afford her afford to drop her at this point like that is the question that i i often wonder like yeah i get it that she's been playing a lot but you know you take her out and we lose so much uh, so much in the game uh, it's it's very difficult especially when you don't have very clear defined like tactical roles or uh, you know a tactical identity as a team it, it becomes very difficult so uh, i don't know can we afford to drop caroline weir that is the that is the question for for me well uh, we've kind of grown to dependent on her because um i forgot when's the last time she got a rest i think it's like january um where she played like 22 minutes in one game she got subbed on uh so that was like the last game in, she, in which she got rest all the other games since then um she played old minutes but i mean yeah we we grew too dependent on her to uh you know as you said can even like be able to afford not having her there because I, I don't know. I mean, we lost regardless. I don't know what to tell you. We lost regardless. And um, the thing is that uh, El Clasico is coming up. And I mean, she didn't even get rest in this game. Like, not even the second half. And that's uh, kind of worrying me at this point. Because I see her tired. She's tired. She's She's been playing a lot. And it, it I, I notice it. Okay? I It's noticeable. And I think that rested weir is a um, happy weir and, you know, happy Real Madrid. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I would have rested her at least 30 minutes at this point. But, like, the the need for, like, two tens that you said, like, the, the contrast in our 
like opinions isn't really that much of a contrast. It's just that this with this combination of players and, and I don't know, it's just been a hectic um, combination of factors all around. I, I just don't think that in this specific formation, it, it was a good idea to have both of them. And with this factor of uh, weird, you know, being played too, too, too much. And I, I mean, my main worry is, uh, you know, El Clasico, because she's like our main player. You know, we all know that. And it's all been like, okay, make we're happy and stuff. So, I mean, if if she's not like 100% ready for El Clasico because she's too tired, I don't know. I don't know. We're toast. Like, we're toast to the fullest. And yeah, can we afford it? Probably not. But please just rest your players, I guess. Yeah, better management, definitely, I agree, because there there have been games where, you know, Weir has single-handedly just scored a brilliant goal or just created something out of nothing. But there have also been games where we are running away with it and Weir is still on the pitch. So, yeah, I mean, minutes management, and we have spoken about this in, in depth in the previous pod as well, that squad management and in-game management, uh, yeah, that has been an issue victorial for very long so moving forwards there was a reason why we split the first half into a 30 minute spell and a 15 minute spell later on because in the 30th minute something very significant happens linda caicedo who around which uh, around whom the entire sort of you know, structure today was geared towards uh, exploiting her and maximizing her and optimizing her skill set as that free 10. She takes a hard fall near the opposition penalty box. The opposition goes in for a slight tackle. It's not a malicious eff- uh, like effort or anything. She gets the ball but also sweeps uh, Kaisedo of, of the feet and Kaisedo falls really hard on, on her back directly on the ground and i think she she the the fall is pretty hard and it it really hurts her and she tries to come back on she tries to continue but the pain is a bit is a lot and she couldn't continue so she would have to be subbed off and that is where like things change our approach had to be changed because the player that we were trying to focus around in this in this sort of structure is gone and now Feller is a different sort of player Feller replaced Caicedo in the 38th minute and things change I I really hope Caicedo isn't out for long because despite coming in you know so late she has started she started the derby she has been impressive in her cameo performances as well. Scored a winner against Villarreal in the Copa de la Reina. Was the brightest player for us uh, in, in the derby as well. And today, the entire formation was structured around trying to, you know, maximize Linda Caicedo's ability. So, that is the sort of player that she is and she'll only get better. So, I really hope that the injury isn't serious. But beyond this point, like the game changes now the dynamic changes and there are there's a period of adaptation and everything 
from that point on until half time there aren't like many uh, significant or very good opportunities but there are a few noteworthy ones so in in the 30th minute right before the sub was made there's a really good uh, sequence of play where toletti and caroline where we see again being heavily involved both of them combine and try to create a chance caroline where plays the ball across from just around the edge of the box for naikari naikari tries to take a wild swing at it uh, misses the ball completely uh, drops to athenea athenea shot straight at the keeper nothing comes of it that was one of the chances uh, that was really good then in the 41st minute we have veer again involved in this this time taking the shot olga puts a cross in veer meets the header nothing comes off of it 43rd minute veer individual brilliance like this is the moment that you know we we are talking about when we speak of of veer this is the moment where she is able to create something out of nothing there's so much the penalty box is so crowded she receives the ball beats two players and tries to take a shot off of her right foot but it goes over and this is the sort of thing like in that situation 99% of the players lose the ball but caroline weir not only holds on to the possession but also makes it more valuable by beating two players on the dribble her tight control was on uh, close control was on full display and that is the thing like this is the sort of player that that weir is she she is a difference maker and she'll always be that so that moment was probably one of the best moments of the entire game and definitely a moment for weir's world the a segment that we usually where we usually rant about how good weir was in this game so yeah i mean apart from that i don't have anything else to add up, uh, about the first half the second half is much more interesting with the subs and everything and yeah if you have anything to add kanita to the first half you can or we can move on to the second half and discuss how the next subs impacted the game and how it changed everything uh yeah just couple of quick things um actually forgot one um piece of well g- good football and it was in the uh, 29th minute it's like a minute before linda gets injured uh it's a um, it's an action on the left side between i think uh linda weird naikari they um do this uh, passing sequence on the left side and it's it ends up uh with uh, i don't know someone making a shot i can't remember who but it was like a 10 second uh combination or something so yeah it was in 29th minute and one more thing like a few minutes after linda was uh subbed off and yeah i just also want to know that that tackle um yeah it was clean it was a very good tackle by the way <laughs> uh it was on the ball and everything just that linda fell very awkwardly on her back and um also update i have an update that uh she told a fan they asked her uh how is she and she said that it was just a scare so hopefully she'll be ready for the next game and everything so like maybe the pain lasts a day or two or something like she just said it's the scare so yeah 
glad to hear that. Uh, but a few minutes after uh, Linda was subbed off, <laughs> so a uh, similar fall happens um, near our corner flag. Uh, it, it was Claudia Florentino fighting for the ball, and I don't know who she comes uh, up against in the duel. And she <laughs> she falls uh, the same way. And she was also in pain. Uh, she was holding her lower back and everything. And I, I was uh, on the brink of tears at this point. It was so frustrating uh, because Linda spent like four minutes um, holding her back, you know, before she finally uh, sat down and said, okay, I can't continue. But then for Claudia Florentino to uh, be holding her back as well, she got up after like a minute or something and she continued normally. But in that moment, it was very scary. So I just wanted to add that it was in 43rd minute. So it was like five minutes after the sub. And yeah, just not nothing fun in this game. There's just so many scares for me. And yeah, that would be it for the first half. All right. So moving on to the second half. Now, this is where a, we lose the game and this is where the subs, uh, it becomes really apparent how impactful substitutions can be and how you can change the game if you use them right. So starting off, we we start off pretty well. In the 48th minute, we create a very good chance, which is again resulting from a combination of our midfielders. We have all we have Zoranosa, Toletti and we're all involved in that uh, releases Atenea on the on the right Atenea plays plays the ball across the box to uh, Feller who's also running receives the ball takes it into the box takes a shot the shot hits the side netting so there was uh, there was a lot of like initial in the opening like five minutes there was definitely uh, some bright spots there but the game definitely felt like it needed a change uh, it, it wasn't working with uh, Naikari up top now with Feller coming on if it was Linda Kaisedo things were different but with the way Feller was interpreting that role it's obviously going to be uh, a lot different than how Kaisedo operates so there was that change and that definitely was not uh, as effective and Toril decided to make a double substitution in the 56th minute. Maite and Esther come on to replace Naikari and Zornosa. Zornosa had a, had a decent game. She had some bright moments and that was uh, about it. Like. Zornosa's performance wasn't really outstanding. She was involved in some bright moments, but yeah, it was an okayish performance. Naikari did not have the best of the games, uh, uh, admittedly, definitely impacted by uh, Linda Kaisero's uh, substitution because that changed a lot in the way uh, she was operating and the way uh, players around her were operating. So that changed. But this was overall, in my opinion, a really good sub. Both players had significant impact on the proceedings. 
Esther, we know she she does it. She she can do it all. Like she she'll drop deep. She'll go wide uh, when when needed. She'll hold on to the possession. She'll try to get on the ball as much as possible. Plus her synergy with Veer is much better than uh, it is for Naikari at this stage, and that is largely because Naikari and Veer haven't played together on the pitch uh, a lot of times, which we. Uh, where and Esther have done so that was there so Kanita what did you make of uh, the opening five minutes we had a couple of chances then what did you make of the initial substitutions of Maite and Esther like because uh, I I felt like they had a positive impact overall in the game and that sort of change was needed and after you say that, we'll move on to how Granadilla substitutions made made a hell lot of impact for them. So yeah, just what did you make of the initial two substitutions? Do you think they were necessary and do you think they had the desired effect when brought on? Uh, yeah, okay. So basically this thing, like um, the sign up without Olinda. Uh, until this first sub, well, second sub, let's say, but first sub in the second half, it lasts like 20 minutes without Linda. Uh, so, as you said, it disrupted the idea that, like, could have been because there wasn't, like, there, just, there was an idea, but not just I never saw the light of it. I never, I never did. And then that idea also gets completely disrupted, as you said, is when Linda came off. Uh, so there's been a lot of uh, chaotic playing those 20 minutes without Linda and um, without before these before this double sub. Um, so yeah, the thing is, Naikari and we are usually connect uh, well, which which they actually did connect. I think, uh, like I said, Naikari only connected with Weir in this game. Um, I, I, I. I cannot describe, I cannot begin to explain, to describe how frustrating it is to watch Naikari play for 55 minutes as a box striker. I, I can't, I'm sorry, I, I can't. It's just, the thing is, as soon as a stat comes, okay, you, you already said that the, this sub changed a lot, like, it, 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 you can see the immediate change, you know, in the atmosphere and everything. And it is one of the factors that Esther plays a lot more with beer and, you know, um, Tenea. Uh, obviously, Tenea is also a regular starter and everything. But the thing is that while Esther immediately, like, I won't go much after the sub, so because, you know, we'll get them into it, but. Just immediately after the sub, you see Esther doing the exact opposite of Naikari was doing the whole game, okay? And it's going everywhere, going wide, doing the runs, doing her thing. Just she felt more free out there, okay? And what bugs me is that I had to watch Naikari there in box, like ha having to time the balls that were coming to her every time. And that that's where that's where Naikari and Esther 
like that that's the like main difference because we talked about Esther's impeccable timing, especially in front of the goal, you know, like all those like tappens people might say. This is just like extremely well timed. It's just some it's something it's not really that easy. <laughs> And as you said, like, McLeary missed that ball completely once. Like, that that was a bad mistake. That's terrible. The rest, it's the fault of her being a box striker. She just is not cut out for it. She had, like, she never had the ball. She never really dropped down. She else just stop it. She never had the ball. She would just pass it on, like, a quick pass or something, which she... Does all the time, but you when she drops back, she can sometimes hold the ball and watch where uh, it goes, and sometimes start a good action or something. That that never happened in this game because again we started with two tens, and you know this just wasn't possible like this. And with now with Linda sub, that's completely got disrupted. So that's even more of a chaos. And of course this sub was needed. Okay. So no as a sub, however, uh, I wasn't expecting, to be honest. I, I saw Maite there, and I thought, you know, we might be tired, even though it might be very... Um, actually, I wasn't expecting Weir to come off because, well, it's Weir, but I hoped she would because she's tired. But she didn't, obviously. And uh, I don't know about the Sonosa sub at the time. Uh, I mean, as you said, she had a decent game and I uh, wasn't complaining. But, you know, uh, my thing. So whoever was it on, I'm, I was in for it. Even though I would have preferred her to come off, to have come on for Penea. Just say. Uh, because even though I might have maybe previously complained about Maite being on the wing and then um after some games and I realized that actually her being in this like a wider role at some points of the game might be actually better and the whole vibe of the game was well, a little bit too boxed in with like two wingers on the game I think that Maite would have been better on for Atenea but you know that didn't happen but yeah, I mean, we immediately see the change, and I guess we'll just drive, dive into it, and you can lead the way. Yeah, so I don't think like it was a bad performance overall from Nahikari, but once again, like when you're competing with somebody like Esther, you will have to make every start count in terms of like output. And that did not happen, definitely. There were obviously issues beyond her control there. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult to be able to, like, develop synergy with players you don't uh, normally play that regularly with. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very difficult situation to be in. In, in the 63rd minute, Granadilla Tenerife make their uh, set of substitutions. They bring on Coco and they bring on Maria Jose Perez. Now, this is where the game completely like flips. Because Maria Jose Perez and Coco, they are both really good. And they caused this problem 
when we faced them before in the league as well. They are players capable of changing the game for Granadilla and despite them not being starters in that game either, they have definitely like caused caused problems there. Coco scored there and in this game as well, Maria Jose Perez was the one to make a change and Coco was heavily involved in that goal as well. So this is what what I say like if had they been starters maybe we would have been in trouble right from the get-go they weren't starters but it definitely again caused us a lot of problems and this is what managing the game and this is what addressing what the game needs uh, looks like because this game was in the balance until that point until the 68 minute mark with now with we're uh, now with Maite and uh, Esther in, maybe it could have swung in our favor had they kept uh, it. It's still for 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 much longer. But they decided the game needed a change. They brought on their two very impactful attackers to try to swing things, and and the game swung in their favor. Like that is what happens when you use. Uh, when you use the right subs that could impact the game and that is what we saw on, on the pitch this is what game management uh, and good use of substitution looks like not that our first set of substitutions were, were bad but we w- weren't able to capitalize uh, on, on a lot of those situations so yeah another sort of talking point that definitely needs to be touched upon is the improvement that Olga showed in in the second half in the second half a lot of the things were just like channeled through her a lot of our attacks were channeled through the left now with Maite uh, playing as the deeper midfielder she was able to find players in spaces Toleti was constantly drifting there Feller and Olga was a, was a sort of weird combination to have but that meant that Olga was consistently going bombing forwards uh, at all times and she was able to get some really good crosses in one of the big chance came in in this in the 67th minute where her cross takes a hit from from one of the opposition defenders falls right on the head for where where almost directs it goalwards it's it's traveling in but it hits uh one of their defenders uh defenders slash central midfielders on the way and it hits the crossbar and goes above so olga's crosses were definitely something that caused a lot of problems to the opposition in in the second half once again like a few minutes later we see her bombing down again on the overlap receiving that through ball and playing playing a good cross again this time it was Athenea making an inward run to the to the center of the box and trying to meet it that header again not able to keep it down and it goes up so it wasn't like we weren't generating chances there were chances for for the taking there we were able to uh, have players perform better in the in the second half like Olga definitely showed uh, a lot of improvement on the overlap and with her crossing but we couldn't make it count and that is fine like you know you are not going to score every single chance that you get but having a sort of system having a sort of way to 
बी एबल टू यूटिलाइज प्लेयर्स एंड जनरेट चांसेस ऑन ऑन द रेगुलर हैव अ हाई वॉल्यूम ऑफ चांस जनरेशन दैट इज वॉट मेक्स अ टीम सक्सेसफुल बिकॉज या ऑब्वियसली इफ इफ यू जनरेट लाइक इन अ गेम यू आर बाउंड टू मिस टू थ्री चांसेस गुड चांसेस बिकॉज फिनिशिंग हैज दैट सॉर्ट ऑफ वेरियंस बट इफ यू आर एबल टू कंसिस्टेंटली जनरेट टेन फिफ्टीन चांसेस अ गेम that's 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 how you are going to achieve uh, you know results because if you are only generating 2 to 3 chances you are bound to miss some because that is how it works you can't score every single chance that that falls to your player so yeah olga's performance definitely was one of the great things about about the second half or good things rather there weren't many great things about this game now we spoke about in game management now this is where it actually comes into play so it's 80th minute the game is in the balance completely it's nil nil and we bring on freya and caroline moller to replace Sandy Toletti and Athenia now I understand why Athenia uh, might not like replacing Athenia with a sort of central presence when you when you've got Olga consistently uh, bombing those really good crosses in the into the middle of the box Moller makes sense okay you have another central presence and a you might ask what about the width that uh, athenia was holding well you have got esther as well like esther can do that that sort of stuff and she she has been pretty comfortable drifting wide and operating that there was even a time last season where she was operating as a winger as a wide player on the right hand side so we know that she has that natural tendency to drift out wide and she can do that so that was uh, all right where the game completely got killed was uh, the freya sub i think toletti was really good in, in that game talking about how it impacted uh, uh, the game and the result granadia scored in the 84th minute from a sort of transition situation coco brings the ball uh, carries the ball plays it to maria jose perez in the middle uh, around the halfway line maria jose perez finds coco again coco runs with the ball plays the ball across uh, to the other side the player puts the ball uh, puts a great ball in cross across the box maria jose perez is there to meet it at the far post her shot initially doesn't go in but then the rebound strikes her again and ivana tries to keep it out but it doesn't work and they have the lead they have the lead and that is what it is both coco and maria jose perez both second half substitutions changing the game for granadia whereas in the build up if you focus nobody is picking up on uh, on coco on on that goal when when the build up starts for that uh, for that particular move and it's Coco who picks the ball up carries it initially and once she lays it off for Maria Jose Perez nobody is alert enough or aware enough to pick up Coco who is the immediate next danger and the 
and the passing option uh, otherwise we could have forced probably maria jose back and we did not so that sub really changed because yes we were trying to push forwards now with with freya as the defensive midfielder we were trying to push bodies forward but for freya it's it's a bit difficult to she struggles in defending lot of large spaces she her, her recovery speed isn't as good so covering very large distances in the middle of the field is is a uh, is a difficulty for her and also she sometimes loses track of players both of which happened in uh, on this goal she lost track of coco who she was initially closing down coco receives the ball in space and then covering the space trying to provide that shielding presence when players move forward or push forwards was also difficult for her to do so yeah i mean that sub like completely completely changed the game like it completely swung the favor uh, swung the fortune against us and yeah i mean i don't have any words because that sub made no sense because we are in the game we are trying to win the game and you are trying to bring on okay you brought on a player who has the central presence who has the who can act as an outlet and uh, and a reference point in attack especially when you're trying to cross is also good in the air but then you bring in a, a sort of pure destroyer type of defensive midfielder when you would need somebody who would ha- who could help you retain possession and you know circulate it in the final third with tere on the bench uh, especially so it it definitely didn't seem like the right choice and definitely wasn't something that the game required so yeah i mean i was pretty confused and the result speaks for itself that the game management was not good once again but what are your thoughts on 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 that sub on the goal that we conceded and just the closing minutes in general okay so um i actually want to first add onto the olga narrative uh because no i want to point this out i just want to point this out i i haven't actually pointed out uh, actions but i want to point this one out in 71st minute Okay, Olga sends a great cross into the box to Atenea, okay? On on her head, on Atenea's head, I will repeat. And Atenea sends it just over the bar. That is the first time I've seen Atenea making header attempts. Uh, I just wanted to know that. Um, by the way, the day Atenea scores a header um, is the day I will go to Sibelis. I, I don't know. It's just that I've never seen her doing a header attempt before, and this is just made me really happy i guess so yeah i'll just say this <laughs> um then the subs okay we, we're tied there haven't been any goals in the game and you're putting a defensive midfielder for some reason and uh, one that's very chaotic and prone to mistakes and let me remind you what defense we had, okay? We had Florentino operating on the right back, which was, by the way, terrible. She made a lot of mistakes. I can't even blame her. A woman doesn't even play that much, but she was forced to play on the right back this game. 
for no reason at all. No reason. He had two perfectly fine right backs, as you mentioned. And we had 12 on the center back. So, you know, that was a great idea for me. Amazing. Mm -hmm. You need a goal. You, like, you need a goal, okay? It's like 10 minutes until the end of the game. You need a goal. And you bring Frey on. I, I... Just speechless. Yeah. So, such lack of logic that it left me without any words. And... Mila getting on... Sure, made sense. Honestly. Uh, at this point, I mean, Olga... Has been doing some good crosses, and maybe I thought, okay, maybe to uh, some of them could more easily get to Mila this way. So, okay, yeah, uh, but the uh, Freya sub, no, no, it is. I, I his ideas are beyond my understanding, beyond. But <laughs> yeah, so like two minutes after the sub, um. Yeah, I, I get really excited because um, Freya, Freya stops and Zana from, uh, well, continuing the action. Um, and that recovery, uh, she passes, uh, I don't know to whom, it doesn't even matter at this point. But basically that recovery starts a chance for us, which ends up, uh, with Weir passing to Esther, who was on the right wing at that point, and she tried to cross it in. It it wasn't a good cross, and and ended up losing the ball. It was just getting really chaotic. And then, like after a bit, they went to the, this into this action that resulted in the goal. Um. So, you know, I said, like, I was really excited to see that recovery, you know, before our action. And uh, not even a minute later, when their action started, uh, Freya just completely fails to, you know, cover Coco. And then, okay. Okay. And I just roll across to all of emotions at this point. And, you know, that, that cross was pretty neat, <laughs> uh, to be honest. And um, I don't know what happened with our defense. Because we had, like, four people in the box, including Freya. So Freya came into the box at that point. Not only Mari Jose was into, inside the box. And, yeah, there was a commotion. Misa didn't catch it and no one understood where the ball was and then just ended inside the net well not really inside the net it ended with um ivana in the goal and her catching the ball inside the goal so yeah that was not a pretty sight not not a pretty sight it wasn't a pretty goal either but you know they took it they did i mean i would have taken it if it was on our side goal is a goal a winner is a winner but yeah, I mean, they were happy we weren't. And after the goal, just nothing happened. It's nothing. I, I, I see no... Not, not that I didn't see desire to score a goal, just that they didn't know what to do because the management was so bad. It's so bad. And 
it, it was really painful, okay? It is just really painful because these mistakes keep happening, okay? We keep conceding goals like this with stupid mistakes at the back. I don't understand. I just don't. And aside from all that, lately Misa hasn't really been in form. So that's even hurting us even more from that. Like last game against Atletico, she managed a pretty good game. I mean, with the exception of that game, uh, she hasn't really been in form. So that and our defense being you know, completely chaotic at this point. Yeah, it is a don't go together. So I, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, a few, a few minutes back, uh, I don't remember in which minute I didn't note it down, but I remember that there was a like a penalty shout in our box, in which uh, it was for Ivana fouling. Again, I don't remember who. I just remember there was a penalty shout. But yeah, I mean, let's say that there was some kind of a decent foul or something. So that could have also been a stupid mistake. And it was, I don't know, it was kind of bound to happen in this game, I guess. It just all over the place, the whole game. And yeah, that's how, that's how it ended up. And yeah, terrible. This is what I said about the last game. You know, that I don't want to see or think, watch that game ever again in my life, the Madrid Derby from last week. Yeah, I, I will double it for this game. I just, I just want to say this. So, yeah, it's the end of my rant about, well, this, I guess. Yeah, so <laughs> after that horrendous Madrid Derby, we were, we had to witness another game of poor where we saw poor game management, where we saw some weird lineup choices because like you mentioned, the wide centre-back things, the wide centre-back things with both Savava and Claudia Florentino, n- neither worked. Savava doesn't have the skill set to play wide centre-back. Claudia Florentino, I mean, one week you're playing her as the left-sided centre-back other week you're playing her as the right back it's not going to work that way you know that's it it doesn't give players the optimal uh doesn't put them in an optimal you know positions to be because the the one chance in the first half that comes uh, that that's a big chance for Granadia. it comes from claudia's poor touch on the ball uh savava as well has some really bad ball carry moments because as wide center backs you need them to be carrying the ball forwards and although we were not in a back three we were building out in one and you need your wide center backs to be able to bring the ball forwards from the back and neither of those players were able to do that uh comfortably so yeah it was just i don't know like it, it, underestimating did we underestimate grandia probably but it, it was just a very very bad game like initial approach was not bad i i wouldn't say uh, Lin, uh, trying to exploit linda kaisedo and caroline whereas the two tens uh, was uh, like a very bad idea but after that once that game plan was uh, wasn't going to work due to an injury you have to switch things and you have players that that are able to like switch things you just make all the wrong choices after that. So, yeah, I mean, this one is definitely on the manager more than anyone else. So, 
yeah i mean i don't have much to add about that performance there were there weren't many like noteworthy individual performances either so yeah granadilla good team solid team defensively and when you are solid defensively these sort of opportunities on the break are definitely going to arise at some point and it's definitely a case that we we won games where we weren't worthy enough winners yes this game we we had chances it wasn't like we were completely dominated or something but at some point some chances won't go in and when you're relying so heavily on those sort of chances to go in for for your game plan to work it, it's some some day it's going to fail and we mentioned this multiple times before as well so yeah it's it's weird weird situation to be in and yeah 126 day streak or whatever you want to call it that was i'm glad that it's over honestly because it was creating this sort of false perception about us being really good when we were not especially in term in tactical terms and everything so yeah i'm i'm glad it's over so i hope now the issues are actually addressed and we see better game management moving forward so yeah i think that probably wraps up the pod i don't have anything else to add do you have something to add kanita uh yeah just that um sava's performance in this game was actually i'll i'll call it good not decent it was above decent it was good she 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 had the mundi moment as well where she just um played with the ball near our um box and it was looking like she would lose it in the duel but she didn't it was in 8th minute if you want to see it and aside from that she also had like one goal line clearance which was i mean ended up being the offside but i don't care i counted this forever that save and i mean few more things that i can't really uh, note specifically but i mean for me she had a good game um especially with the fact that she played this weird role of a wide center back that she never played before with you know Claudia who barely ever plays and definitely never played as a right back so yeah uh just i wanted to say props to Sveva um and yeah i mean that would be it and i, I actually i'm glad that you mentioned this you're glad that the, this like unbeaten streak is over because i really i really hope some of the problems become more apparent now because you know these numbers of winning all the games might blind you or something it never blinded me to be honest i always saw these problems tactically but yeah i just um this is the opportunity to for these problems to you know finally see the light of day so yeah and um it also might be good that it was a game before el clasico to be honest because it might help the team as well you know be more motivated for el clasico and all but yeah that would be it i mean just it's it's also a weird end to the street as well like it's just um but not unexpected definitely so yeah that would be it all right so let's call it a wraps on this 
another <laughs> horrible game of football that we have had to play um looking forward to to the future games obviously we will be back uh in action in all right <laughs> next game is going to be worse i just realized our next game is against barcelona all right so the next spot won't be <laughs> i'm guessing the next spot won't be as happy either um already managing expectations from a week uh, a week away but yeah whatever the result whatever the set of performance we'll be here to break it down for you and it will be a big one it will be the el clasico so yeah all set for that but until then ala madrid ala madrid sports social podcast network with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So, I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.